0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey, it's State of State, we got your nitty line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin, so kick back and press play.
2: With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin, this is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for the return of college football, the NFL plus baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, plus your favorite Vegas casino and card games available to play right on your phone. Head to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the latest Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've got you covered with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer imaginable for Nittany Lion fans. State IPA will be available at beer distributors, grocery stores, Funk's tap rooms, plus select bars and restaurants beginning this Thursday, August 31st. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state IPA to learn where and how you can get state IPA. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. With Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. Joining us this week on State of State, he is a legendary Penn State football player wide receiver. Derek Williams, known affectionately as D Wheels, D Wheels Express, D Will is a lot of nicknames you got. My question to you, Derek, is how much eligibility do you have left at Penn State, and do you think James Franklin would give you another season? I don't have none left. I don't Nothing? One. Done?
0: I'm done, 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 done. I remember my last time, I went to go work out when I was thinking about going back in the league, and the trainer was working me out, and I looked at him, I said, I'm done. son." <laughs>
2: What, mental, if we, what if we just stretch a little more? Now, now it's not gonna work.
0: My, my mentor, I was, I think I was, we was working in the sandbox, and he was like, "All right, y'all go get some water, come back." I just sat there and I was like, "I'm
1: done." Hit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, hit
0: yeah. a <laughs> <You know>, right one. <laughs> That same area, we might have to, We you know. That that like, D-
1: hey, that's that DMV, man. Right. That boy's going to check out. And they, dang, we, dang, hey, <laughs> ain't
2: going
0: to waste your time. I ain't going to waste your time right now. If I'm still in the middle of the game, I'm out.
2: Uh, <laughs> no. Derek, uh, your, your time at Penn State, it, it was really an electric time to be there and to date myself and uh, this is embarrassing to admit on this platform, is that you probably remember the front row of Beaver Stadium student section where yeah. students would can regularly spell out D-wheels. Yeah. Uh, I was one of those idiots for a oh, while. You, you and a I, can't, I can't tell you if I remember most <laughs> of those situations. <laughs> But I just want you to know you provided a lot of great memories for myself, my brother, my friends, my family. So uh, I was ecstatic to get to do this. But especially when it comes to like you and Justin coming in at the same time, looking back on those early days at Penn State. I mean, what was that like? Because that 05 season rolling into the Orange Bowl was just madness at Penn State.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we first started, man, I think we just wanted to make a difference, especially with a big program. Uh, we wanted to make an you know, immediate impact. And Penn State was that place. i not sure if, like, people know, me and Justin, both of us, was looking at Florida. We were like, hey, you know, Florida was where it was at. And, um, you know, Ron Zook got fired that year. And we was like, man, we want to come in and play, play on a big stage. And, you know, Penn State was it. Honestly, looking at film and all that other stuff, it wasn't no gloops and glamors. It was just like we kind of got there and then got lucky with guys being there as far as like Mike Robb and all those guys and them taking their leadership. But we came in with a different mentality. We came in with like, hey, we don't lose. Uh I mean, I mean I I, I remember at some of the workouts, we'll go out there and we're running. We're coming in first and second. Every time we run and everything, like we had a different mentality going in. But with those guys in their leadership, it kind of just all fell in place.
2: Derek, for me as a as a Penn State fan, before you and the other triplets got there, Jordan Norwood and Deion Butler, and hell, even Justin obviously was playing wide receiver that first season. The wide receiver position at Penn State before you guys, there were you know some really big names, the likes of OJ McDuffie, uh, Bobby Ingram, and Joe Jaravicious was uh, a little while before you, but still, it wasn't necessarily a school that it was like, oh man wide receiver you you guys came in and completely changed the perception of what it meant to be a Penn State wide receiver w- were you aware of that coming in that it's kind of like oh man this is not exactly the spot where pass catchers have gone historically and you can change some things
0: um i mean we i think i was aware about it i i was aware of it um what i liked was coming from high school i played quarterback Um, and the ability to, I think Darren McFadden before that was kind of like playing running back, playing receiver, playing quarterback when they were doing that wildcat and that ability of just like them saying that, Hey, that could be me. And that's what they're, they're looking at. That's what turned me on about Penn state, uh, just, you know, for myself, because I was like, Hey, you know, I was a jack of all trades at that point in time. I can throw the ball, I can run, I can run out the backfield, do receiver. So I just wanted to showcase all my talent, and that was the place to do it at right
2: there. And I think you were the first. What, what was the status as, as a kick return, receiving, and a rushing touchdown in a game? I think you're the first to do that. I think Saquon did the same thing as well. I mean, it's crazy, the company. Uh, Justin, when you were both being recruited, that
0: company, was, that company of Saquon getting
2: some money right now, though. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as he'd like. We'd like to get more, but That's you know. True. <laughs> uh, Justin, when you guys were both getting recruited together, what were your conversations with Derek?
1: Oh man, just a little flashback. I remember the first time even we meeting Derek. It was actually at Penn State at a Nike camp when it was like one of the first prospects that I've seen that you come in. We were like some of the underclassmen. Back then, they had the Nike Invitational Camps. And they would hold them at universities, right? So they had this one at Penn State, and there was like all the top guys on the East Coast. I mean, we all ran fast, ran 4-2, all these different times. I remember in the one-on-ones, there was this – I mean, it was Derek at the time. He was going on offense, and he would flip. And go to defense. And all I'm talking to players all the time about players or coaches about being audacious about your talents or what you're there to do. He was like one of the first recruits for me going through the process of being like a highly talented guy. I was like, man, this the audacity to jump in? Because I mean, we're talking top guys. It's like me it's Ted Ginn. It's like Jamal. Brown. It's like a lot of top level competition. He jumped on offense, shook somebody, caught a slant, went to deep. He's like, he's like, no, I'll stay out, you know. And we're we're underclassmen again. We're not like the top older the older guys. Flips over on the other side, locks them up on defense. I'm like, man, who's this? It's like, oh, that's Derek Williams from DMV. And we started talking over, over and over through the, through the process and realized like we had a mutual interest of where we wanted to go. So that was like kind of like the intro to it. But like what Derek said after the Florida situation and our older, I mean, as we we're seniors at this point, it was like, yo, where can we go to make an impact and really like change the game? Cause you know, we get recruited by top schools, whether it's USC, Texas, Florida. And it was like, we wanted to play early and make an impact. I wanted to play both ways. He wanted to be used, like you said, Reggie Bush, Darren McFadden, and all those different things. And the shell that was existed at Penn State, we both started seeing it the same way. Like, man, we started saying, like, man, there's a sleeping giant up there that I think we can wake up. And then, you know, being in Pittsburgh, started talking to Sean Lee, Liddell Sargent, then he started talking to different people in the DMV area. And I saw that whole thing kind of exploded when you see, like, the recruiting classes year after year from that 05, 06 class.
0: The classes that we had were crazy after us. If you, like, really think about it with, like, Navarro, Jared Aldrich, like uh,
1: – Mabin.
0: Les, oh, Mabin, Bonnie Baju, like, Dale, uh,
1: Everybody. <laughs> 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 Every, everybody, man. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. For real, for real. Evan Royster. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Evan Royster the next year. Daryl Clark. I mean, yeah. it, it was guys – through and through i mean we can keep going to the next row of guys that was coming out of the dmv you can definitely credit uh Derek to that and just getting the floodgates open from that dmv area looking back to penn state being the uh you know the go-to place um to go play college football
2: it, to me, the entire perception of what Penn State was offensively changed in 05 because it wasn't just you guys coming in, all the people that you just mentioned. And granted, that defense was still there. You had some monsters defensively. But freaking Michael Robinson, a quarterback, was virtually unlike anything else Penn State had ever seen, Derek. I mean, when you've got that guy under center able to do virtually all the same th- things that you just described that you could do back then, yeah. did that just blow your mind?
0: Well, it was the time for you think about just around who else was there. Vince Young was out there. It was just that period of time of where it's kind of shifting now, where these guys got to be mobile, got to be able to throw the ball. Um, and Mike was one of those guys that, you know, you can line him up in the backfield. It was just a different threat. You couldn't key in on anybody on that offense there. And then we had, we were doing double, triple reverses with, you know, myself, Justin, Dion, like we were, it was all over the place because you, you just couldn't key in on a guy there. They had Tony running people over. And (laughs) I'm there.
2: We had Tony on a few weeks ago. He was wild, man. Yeah, wild. (laughs) (laughs) What what was it like, you know, with Tony on a regular basis? Because he seems like, you know, and I mean this in the best way possible, like a madman when he was playing.
0: You know what? And I will say this, you know, before Saquon, I seen Saquon. Tony Hunt was probably the best running back I saw with my two eyes. Like, I mean, he would... Put his, I don't, I, <laughs> put for his it. his show through like through somebody. He's running through you. And then running away from you. He was really, really good. Could catch everything. Tony was amazing running back. Um, um when he when he was there with us. But as far as putting on that uniform, you know, and I I, I know I played with Tony, but like, you know, he was special.
1: The thing that you talk about with Tony even being special, and I remember that too. Like him being like a, somewhere on the Richter scale, or how I like how judge ba- judge running backs based off of him. It was just his mentality and how he approached it. You mentioned it on our on our show where He has like, man, I'm I'll break loose after the 20th carry because that's a mentality of like I'm gonna see if you want to take this contact over and over. It reminds me of that Marshawn Lynch thing. It's like I'm gonna see if they want to hit when I get hit in the face, but like embodying that mentality, being 6'2, 230, still having being light on your feet, being able to run through people and run away from people. It was a it was a crazy mix because it's one thing where you can, like, stand still, and I'm like, all right, I just got to tackle this guy. But it's like, this dude can run you over and shake you, and it's like, when he runs you over, it, it, he's like a heavy, like, he's a heavy running back, you know what I mean? So, it, he was one of the people from, like, a mentality standpoint of running backs that I kind of always keen in, even looking at high school running backs from a recruiting standpoint, because there's a mentality that came with Tony and how he ran the football. Definitely.
2: Justin uh, you and I've talked about it on here before is that obviously you started out wide receiver and then you know the rest of the competition kind of played out the triplets became the triplets and you made the change to cornerback full time obviously that worked out just fine going to the National Football League and playing for years but as you saw the development of Derek Norwood and Butler what was that like?
1: I mean it it was interesting because they all provide they all came with a different arsenal to the line of scrimmage, right? Like Derek was like the, the mid, mid-sized guy that was shifty quick and did all the different things, right? Where they can take you up top. He was quick off the line of scrimmage, and he had to once you once he caught the ball, you had to tackle him. Then you had Dion, who was like a little slender, but he had he can go. Like so he, and anything that he gets on top, you gotta be afraid to, you know, play up there. <clears throat> and then Jordan, the one that was always kind of the inconspicuous one, you come in and you know he's about 155 pounds short. Oh, oh, I've
2: talked to him. He said 145, <laughs>
1: 145, right? Pigeon toe, come up to the line and then man, make people look bad. Talk about shaking people at the line of scrimmage. He was just a hard cover. So, like the mixture and the mixture of traits that they all possessed, it it, it made me good at corner, right? To be able to get that type of footwork, but to see the progression of them was amazing and i knew they would cause headaches for the offense or other teams because i mean you can you have one good day cover one of them but like there's not a there wasn't a defense that really existed that can cover all three of them at the same time so it was a it was it was fun to watch
0: looking back at it too we weren't even the best three to be totally honest you had chris bill Derek moore and them dudes them dudes were nasty if like i don't know how it played out but to look at it and actually look at talent, we had a, I think we were a little bit more quiet or smooth, like a little more smoother, but receiver, if you my idea of receivers, that next class behind us was, un, was, it was crazy.
1: Yeah, Chris Bell was different. He was, he's probably the, he's the, the best that never was, but like yeah. that was one of the most talented guys that I've seen at Penn State. I Man, he was what, 6'3". I mean, he was probably like a 4'3 cat, 40 inch vertical, stop. I mean, Chris yeah. Bell was a problem. I-
2: He was special. Yeah. Derek Moy in those late 2000s with Graham Zug uh, and with Brett Brackett, who we've spoken to recently on here, just a a different combination. And and Derek, for some reason, yourself, Butler, and Norwood, that combination just seemed to work. Uh, How quickly did the three of you realize it's like, oh – like it's it's the three of us because there's got to be receiving cores where it's like one guy is carrying the whole load for everybody else and maybe he's on an island or something like that but it rarely seemed like defenses could really lock up all three of you yeah um
0: I I think it was right when we came in I think I came in with the mentality I I probably was the most outspoken one out of them they were like Dion and uh Jordan were silent assassins like they wouldn't talk much they just coming up to the line they're gonna do their work me I'm gonna talk shit that's just me, you know. I'm gonna come with the attitude. I'm gonna come with the flair. I might come with a little flashiness, but you know, those guys, they they did it. And then after a while, because me looking at them, you going into school I'm like these dudes play receiver. That I was like, they nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was just that for us. And I mean, it was just consistently building and giving more confidence every day.
1: I'll echo that, man. From like day one, guys were making plays in practice from spring ball. Derek making, what's up, Chris Rale? but making people fall right like in practice and doing different things of that nature. Me making plays on defense, and then like there was a time, where it was it was also an intro to Jordan and Dion, where like Dion was transitioning from defense to offense, and Jordan was back then they had something called a gray shirt, so he was just now incorporating into the team. So like they were surprising people as well. But to Derek's point, they were unassuming, and next thing you know. Jordan's running past you. Jordan's making somebody fall. And then, you know, Derek's making somebody fall by shaking them and talking. And it was just like a whole, it was a different energy because we did come in with the mentality. We weren't begging any pardons when we walked on the campus. It was like, hey, we're here to play. And especially in a traditional based program like Penn State, it was very seniority based and, you know, hierarchical. But we were like, hey, we got to come make plays. <laughs>
2: Derek, you talked about it on Justin's interview series, which for those that have not heard it before, it's called Blue Chip Academy. You can find it on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Excellent podcast. And you talked about how you guys both came in and because you guys had leverage as yourself, the number one recruit in the country, Justin, a five-star. You guys didn't have the dorm experience. You guys got your own rooms in the apartment. So you talked about, you know, talking a lot of trash on the field. Um, You know, do you think you got – I guess integrated easily with the rest of your <laughs> with the rest of your uh, teammates.
0: You know what? I think they used us a little bit because you got to think the the year before us they were like four and six or something like that. Something <laughs> we've ne- never been a part of, right? And they were like four and six. I remember coming in and I had facial hair and I had it maybe for like three or four weeks. And Mike and them got mad that I even cut it. They were like, man, you opened up the door for us and all this stuff. Why you cut your facial hair? So I think they were kind of using us to like come in. We had like names coming in and they were, you know, everybody kind of respected like, Hey, we're trying to turn this thing around and we worked for it. It wasn't like, it wasn't, it was some stuff given to us, but like when you get there early and we're competing and we're coming first and second and running doing everything, we worked for it and tried to prove ourselves. Um, But You know, to think about it, it really wasn't like anything we had to like get integrated to. I mean, I remember I think during the summer they tried to cut like knowledge hair or something like that. But (laughs) my hair was already short, so that was about it.
1: And we came in in the spring too, so we were like one of those early classes of early enrollees coming in January. So we were able. I mean, and like like you said, yeah, we were able to get like earn the respect of the players going through like the hard days of winter conditioning. Spring training, so like spring from spring football at that point, once we start giving them work on the field, it's like, I mean, this is before the summer happened. So, by the time the rest of the freshmen came, they already seen what we did on practice. So, the ingratiating came from like a, a respect level from making, you know, like Derek said, showing up in workouts in practice. Yeah,
2: obviously, a ton has changed with college football, name, image, and likeness. You know, you, there's a million things you could point nope. to.
0: I was there. We would not be on this phone right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tell him, man.
2: So (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that maybe you might not even have been aware of. So uh, I was saying before, you know, I went to Penn State. I graduated in 2011. My brother uh, graduated high school in 2005. Started at Penn State, obviously, uh, later that year. When he applied, uh, that was right when the 05 season was getting going. Right. When I applied two years later, they had told us admissions had gotten much more strict and that applications had doubled and or tripled because of the success of the football team, because of the Orange Bowl win. So literally, Derek, what you guys did in 05 and on led to more people going to the university and giving more money to Penn State. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Sure. Sorry to say that. I, I'm sorry if I'm upsetting you. If my we kinda, dad, we kind of knew, we, we knew. <laughs> yes, I would have been good. <laughs> well, one thing that jumps to mind, Justin, because you mentioned this recently here on the show, is that you know, it used to be freshmen couldn't speak. We, we spoke, we
1: spoke, we, we spoke. We're, we were like the only freshmen to ever break that rule. So, like, that's a, so kudos to Joe and understanding the changing of times and like and highlighting us, right? When you talk about five stars and me playing both ways, Derek playing in multiple roles as freshman after the Northwestern game, I think, is when it was when Derek had the game winning oh, touchdown. I made a couple plays and it was like, hey, Guido and I'm like, hey, get let these guys talk because this is a chance to build the brand. Now, this isn't oh five, they were saying this. So I mean everybody has this idea of like how Joe was with us and coming through, but he was he was pro player and he put us in a position to understand, like, hey, this is you guys' opportunity. Like we have to change, like we have to change how we do things. I mean. The growth in that it, was uh, pretty cool.
0: Joe most definitely changed with the times. From hearing things, I, I'm you know one of my best friends is uh, Brian Johnson. Like hearing things that were going on at that time to when we was there, it it shifted, and he had to shift with it, right? Because you know with us and getting some of these recruits, and that's when honestly like rankings and all that stuff meant a lot. You know he had to kind of like shift with the with with, uh, with the way that the college uh, programs were going.
2: It's it's changed so much. And now, especially Penn State's reputation, you know, I kind of talked about before. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Brian Johnson's name, because certainly one of the best wide receivers in the history of the program. But now it's gotten to be kind of uh, I don't know how you describe it, Justin, that wide receiver. It feels like an assembly line for Penn State and that it's just the, the dude who's potentially going to go in the top three rounds every single year coming off the assembly line. And now it's looking at this season. There's some question marks of who's really going to be the guy. Uh, Derek, I'm not sure how much you're tuned into the current team. Mm. Uh, but as you've seen all these guys, especially under Franklin, go to the National Football League, do you look at that and kind of think, hey, yourself and the triplets kind of laid the groundwork for that type of production?
0: Um. Yeah, yeah. I think that we we did. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely think James gets most of the credit there, just the offense that he's been bringing, um, you know, from uh, Moorhead being the offensive coordinator to all those guys it kind of like just opened it up. Uh, and, I mean, it was consistent with with those guys coming back and forth like KJ and um, uh, what's the word for the,
2: the – Jahan. Jahan.
0: Jahan. All those guys there, like it was just a – it was a assembly line just coming through. And uh it, they came to they made great decisions coming to the Penn State and James did a great job with like just just highlight them, uh, you know, as far as getting them getting them in opportunities. Um so I, I think that we did a little bit, but a lot of that came from James. Um and you know, that time there, I'll, I'll always say too, every every Five years. If you have a special player, it'll last your program for like ten years. Saquon going there and doing what he did, and them highlighting James, like it. It. I don't even think it brought us back, but it just it ever it elevated us to a different like atmosphere of getting recruits because Saquon was the cool thing to do for guys to get there.
2: Penn State fans, Smack Apparel has the best gear for talking smack on game day. Head to SmackApparel.com today and be ready for week one with the Save a Couch Beat WVU shirt. Also, check out their Let There Be White tee for the whiteout game against Iowa at Beaver Stadium. There's also the Drink Up Roar On tee as well as the Saturday's We Are design. If you're watching this on YouTube, scan the QR code on the screen to take you to the website instantly on your phone. Visit SmackApparel.com com and use our promo code STATE10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's S-T-A-T-E-1-0. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code STATE10 at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear SMACK. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels, pomades, and now body washes. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com, that's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com, and use our promo code STATE. 20. That's S T A T E 20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Maestro's Classic Crafting a Better You. Derek, there's a lot of talk around this team for 2023 to potentially contend for the national championship. When you guys were on campus, was there that talk internally? I know certainly there are people externally who are like, oh, we might be able to bow up here, but. What was it like being in the middle of that type of pressure to win?
0: I mean, our freshman year, I think it surprised everybody. Um, Honestly, probably surprised everybody besides me and Justin. I, I don't know if we did too much losing. So, you know, we didn't know what the college landscape was going to be, but we knew we weren't going to lose. We didn't know how, you know, we knew we wasn't going four and six. And we worked out and we did everything in that way of like, we're changing this thing around now my senior year when daryl was the quarterback we kind of knew like hey we got a shot at this um and that was more of a thing of like look if we got all if we do everything we're fighting tooth and nail to like make sure that this is what what we what we got we knew the people that we had coming back um we knew the offensive line we had uh we knew kind of like I, we already knew what Daryl can do pretty much, Um, and it was just the experience and fitting in all the right pieces. I mean, if it wasn't for that Iowa game, we would have been in the national championship that year.
2: Justin, for me, the complication looking at football all the time is that when it comes to – the players, there's so many different motivations. And same thing with coaching staffs. Coaches, some guys are dead set on winning, winning, winning. Other guys are trying to get to a bigger job. Some guys are just trying to make some money. Uh, and now things have obviously changed so much for players where maybe they are just trying to make some money and they really don't care about the the outcome. And everybody's a competitor, so I'd be foolish to say that they don't care about winning and losing. But still, the pressure amongst Penn State Players, coaches, and then just the, the pressure the fan base puts on them, because it has been so long since there was a national title. I, I just can't imagine being in the middle of all that and then trying to. You've got your own priorities of what you need to accomplish and what you have to accomplish, maybe for yourself and for your family. And then there's all this outside noise that might just not necessarily land. Is that does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. It does, and that's like the that's the main goal or obstacle for any football program, whether you hear. Alabama or Nick Saban referred to it as rat poison, right? You're just hearing a different noise, but it's always about that alignment and trying to get 110 people on the same accord, 10 coaches on the same accord, the head coach on the same accord and everything kind of flowing through and showing up as on the product on the field. That is a very hard thing to do. It's almost like, I mean, not to dramatize it, but it's like building out an army or brainwashing a, a whole bunch of people to have the same beat on the same accord. And sometimes when you have different motivations, that's why the recruiting process is so, so much more nuanced than even the draft process, because you're, you're picking from a different range of talent to where you have to find the guys that, Hey, I'm taking this football thing serious. I'm willing to make these sacrifices to do this or versus like a half, half of the team that wants to win versus the half of the team that wants to get NIL deals and like where the motivations lie, because football is a physical game and it demands a lot. So to have the same mentality and buy-in from a core value standpoint is essential. So I think for Penn state, that's always been the key to keeping the thing going and having success.
0: Uh, I'll tell you, just being on that, that, that team our senior year, um, You kind of when you're on a team like that, you the outside noise is there, but you don't really even hear because you know that like I'm gonna take care of my responsibility. I knew Sean Lee would take care of his responsibility. I knew nobody was better than Sean Lee out there. Think about Jared Audrick. You see them dudes like every day working, and it's like, look, you take care of your responsibility, I got your back. And you have that faith within each other that it was just like. It, we knew that we had something special. We knew that hey, with uh, with uh, with myself, Jordan, and Dion, we knew that hey, we can pretty much beat anybody, or we can take it. We can take we can take this game over. Um, we knew that like hey, with Evan Royster, that he was great. We knew that with Darrell, if he got in any trouble or anything like that, he can extend those plays. Um, we just had a good feeling about everything, our offensive line and coaches and all that other stuff. You know, when our senior year, like the coaches, really didn't even have to coach. Like they just had to be the figures of it because we knew we knew what we had inside of us.
2: Kind of policed yourselves, I guess, is what you would call it.
0: Pretty much, yeah, mm. yeah. To police ourselves to kick ass.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> you guys <laughs> I, did that. That's, that's just what it was. We we went there. and We said, hey, you know, no. I remember we played at uh, Ohio State that year with Terrell Pryor. He fumbled the ball. <sighs> to be honest. I was mad as hell at Daryl. He had a damn concussion. And I was like, bro, get your ass back in there. We, I know that you working, right? Like, I was mad. I was like, bro, we winning this game. And everybody, like, felt that. They're like, everybody felt like, hey, no matter what, the ball is going to turn to us. Like, we're going to win. You know, and uh, we just had that belief. Uh, we knew that, like, hey, you know, with Naven and all these guys, we've seen them in practice and doing it so much that the game was the fun time. So, if these guys this year, if they have that mentality of, like, I trust the guy beside me and all that other stuff like that,
1: it's going to turn out
0: right. Like, the football, I always believe in the football guys. The football guys are going to bless how you work, how you believe in each other.
2: But in terms of playing against Terrell Pryor, was there that same motivation that fans felt of, like, we got to beat this guy? I mean, their whole
0: team, they had Malcolm Jenkins, all those guys there. They're, I mean, it was – Like uh, it was, it was a team that they had, you know, and we knew that it was going to, the crazy thing is, I think we knew it was going to come down between us and them. And we let freaking Iowa surprise us. And and, and (laughs) that was it. Like, like we, we, we was riding the ship. We was like, Hey, you know, we, we there. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Terrell was, he was nice. You know, you can't let him get a step on you. Can't do anything. Like he was just a freak of nature. It was like a LeBron at that time when he was coming
1: Mm, out.
2: Seriously. Uh, Last thing I got to ask, uh, the the Northwestern game, the comeback. I mean, that's something that I can feel the hair standing up on my arms about that that as the team came back and your touchdown. uh, In the moment and then after the game, what were some of the things that were going through I was mad
0: at the whole damn game. (laughs) 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 To be totally honest, I cursed out everybody.
2: (laughs) Explain. (laughs)
0: Uh, this election, this if you're that guy, you should be able to be seen within like 30 seconds. Like in that game, I did not feel like I was that guy. I wasn't getting the ball. Not to be selfish, but I'm telling you, Michael Jordan got a quote: most the most successful people in their world in the world has a little bit of selfishness in them. They want to be the person who gets the ball. I didn't get the freaking ball that game. So at halftime, I remember in rest, uh, rest in peace. Blue like put his hand around. me. He's like, "Yo, it's all right." I said, "Get the off." <laughs> like this is this is this is like real. And huh? I, told you, I said, "Mike, throw me the ball, dog." Like I'm running around, throw me the ball. He was like, "I got you. I got you. We'll come back, whatever." And he threw the ball in. I mean, I was happy I scored, but I was mad as hell. I got on the phone. I called Joe. I was like, "Joe, like, am I getting the ball once a game? Like, is this, I mean, is this?
1: Cause that was a game I had a touchdown to start it off. I had I had a deep touchdown. I think Derek I uh, Dion had one. And that was it that that week through the uh that's what it was through the whole week of practice. We were like, yo, we could take advantage of these uh corners because like the way they were playing they would play man they were playing way inside we were like yo let's just run out of them I think first out of the gate I might have scored a touchdown in the first quarter and then yeah, like Deal had something else <laughs> uh-huh. yeah yeah, we had,
0: yeah. We took the reverse along with it was like a double reverse and I'm like yo am I decoyed
2: out here like what is going on wait wait so derek back up the the phone call to joe what does joe say
0: it's not joe on the phone call it's me getting on the bus and say joe oh oh okay like i need the ball i'm just telling you it's all true that's just how i went that was that was just me I'm, i'm not saying that that's the right way to go or anything like that but that was just how i came in there like i i came in there i was like man you know i needed a ball
1: Oh, there was no begging the pardons with us when we came in man it was like hey you are here to play
0: oh my god <laughs> and i'm saying the thing is, is and and this is me and I always i tell my son it's like the kids these days all of them are friends and that, that's great they are we were friends too but we had that like you know hey we got to go you got that you got that little itch you know and and i think that you can you can tell the difference in some of those guys yeah it's cool it's 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 cool to be all friends, but who's going to be the lion in this building here? And and you know that's that's just how I that's how I was brought up, and I was brought with older brothers and all that other stuff.
2: Man, I am so glad I asked about that, uh, <laughs> Derek. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming um, on. We sincerely appreciate it. You're welcome on any time, uh, and hopefully, if you do get to watch some of the season this year, it, it's good for you, man. But we yeah, appreciate
0: uh, it. We we sitting there. I still get order a little bit of Penn State stuff every now and then. You know, uh, I'm out in Texas. It's hot, bro. It's
2: hot. <laughs> Stay inside, man. Stay where the AC is. It's
0: uh, no, because I gotta I gotta make my son better. So he got it. He got to feel that heat. You know, ain't got to feel it. Ain't no, it's a boy out there right now. One boy out there right now working out right now. He out there's 112 degrees out here. So you know, he can't be sitting here uh, playing around with his tw- with his fingers. He got to. And
1: Wanks. wings.
2: We'll put him to work. Put him to work, uh, Derek. We appreciate you. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by BetOnline.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.